Hey there, listeners. This is Nick St. Fleur, your host here at Color Code. So every now and then, we're hoping to publish some bonus content. These will be excerpts from interviews I've had with sources that we just found particularly interesting, but we didn't have the space to include them in one of our main episodes. Our first bit of bonus content comes from my interview with Sandra Parham. She is the library director at Meharry Medical College, and she spoke with us about the Flexner Report in Episode 2 and its legacy on Black medical education. So, yeah, give this a listen. Um, A little heads up. I don't know if we had our audio all completely figured out at that point, so the sound might be a little off. And if I remember correctly, I think I may have had COVID during this, so my voice might be a little off. Um, Don't worry, though. All the interviews were done remotely um, from my little closet here at home. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this and some of our future bonus content. Sandra, just to kind of start us off, would you mind just like introducing yourself and telling us a bit about, you know, what it is you do over there at Meharry? Well, I am uh, Sandra Parham. I'm the uh, executive library director uh, here. And I came here two years ago, almost exactly in uh, February, just when COVID just kind of lit up and Meharry became in Nashville, probably the source of information. Our president, Dr. Hildreth, uh, became the face of the Nashville physician who was the immunologist and the COVID expert. So Meharry actually received a lot of, I'll say, publicity and notoriety based on Dr. Hilder's background. But back to me. Uh, I, uh, as I said, I started here. And uh, as executive director, my background uh, was in medical librarianship. Strangely enough, I graduated from the University of Michigan in 1977 in medical librarianship, specifically to come back to Meharry. Uh, Didn't do my homework, got back here after I graduated, and they're like, we're not hiring any librarians here in Meharry. (laughs) Long story short, I end up uh, with my basic, uh, majority of my uh, uh, career has been in university libraries with uh, pharmacy programs, med programs, and such. So long story short, I retired from California after a 20-year stint in uh, in uh, Texas as Barbara Jordan's archivist, and uh, then to California as the dean of the library at uh, Dominguez Hills, Cal State University Dominguez Hills. Retired from there, came back to Nashville, which is where I was born and raised, and did a brief stint at Lipscomb University as uh, a faith-based Church of Christ school. And uh, I was working on a grant where I pulled in Lipscomb, Meharry, and Fisk. I'm a Fisk graduate. Uh, Fisk and Meharry are directly across the street from each other. Lo and behold, I started working with Meharry on a grant, and they did not have their library director had left. Long story short, the end of my career, and this is the end of my career, is at the place where I wanted to be uh, at the very beginning. Uh, I say this is a godsend. That was wonderful. Thank you for sharing um, your your journey with us. I, I love that story. Um, so so tell us a bit about what you've found in the archives as they kind of pertain to Meharry and 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 you know the, the the Flexner report. People are interested in reading, but when you see the visual images of what the school looks like, what the students look like, how the students uh, their persona, their dress, uh, their uh, spiritual 
piece of Meharry in photographs. Uh, that's why I decided to do the Arcadia book about Meharry because it's really a photographic anthology of how the school developed. So I was intrigued, of course, by the photographs, but then you start reading more about how Meharry came to be. And I will admit the Flexner Report just kind of opened my eyes to why Meharry and Howard were so popular during the time. Uh, it's because it was the only place to go. Flexner Report closed down five of the seven schools, medical schools. And, you know, I read the report. You know, you start really kind of saying, looking and saying, okay, let me see exactly what he wrote. Now, the good thing about the Meharians, the students that came, they went back to the places where they were born. Uh, you didn't have an influx of Meharry doctors staying. I'm going to stay in Nashville uh, because, of course, you had Meharry here. So uh, the students largely went back to their communities and served their communities. So in that relish, yes, the Flexner Report was uh, helpful to Meharry and Howard. But I don't think anyone would look at it and say, oh, my goodness, thank you. You don't see any schools named Flexner, OK? Uh, not only that, when I went back to look at the Meharry News, there was one short article about Flexner. This is in 1910. You would think if it were, oh, my goodness, Meharry was stamped A, it would be headline news. No, they recognized then that this was a report that was still damning to the African-American community. Josie Wells, the uh, doctor I was describing that was on the right hand of fundraising, she started to practice a clinic for both white and black. So the Flexner Report really purported that only black doctors should serve black people. No, you know, you forget the impoverished people that are in Nashville. And always, you have to go back to a little bit of the history of Nashville. Nashville was built on limestone. Limestone, is a, it doesn't sink. Urine and feces and all of that in the out on the uh, streets is not going anywhere because it's not seeping in the ground. So there are always huge outbreaks of cholera and, and you name it, whatever the, the epidemic of the time was. So, yes, they needed black doctors to treat people that no one else was going to treat. But you also needed black doctors like Josie Wells, who treated impoverished white people. So the Flexner Report hurt. Uh, it hurt poor people. That's what it did. Could you kind of describe to us, um, you know, maybe what was going through your head when you were first looking at those, 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 those photos or when you were looking at them, did you start to see, you know, more, more people, um, in the class photos in the years after 1910? Like what, what, what are kind of the, the, the impacts of the Flexner report that you can kind of see? through photos. If if there are impacts, you can see through photos. Again, if anything, it's the numbers. You see how, and it goes through phases. When we go through the World War, the wars, World War One, Dr. Hubbard enlisted every Meharian in the war. All right. I have a picture of the, literally the whole student body dressed in uniform. All right. Um, and we have a history of those soldiers came back as sergeants and whatever, and even right back to school and finished, okay? Then um, there's the depression. The numbers go down, and that probably is what affected the pharmacy school. So, you know, how did the Flexner Report um, impact all of this? Again, you think, what if those five schools that they closed, that were largely in the South, uh, what would that have meant for 
populating more doctors in different parts. You know, again, I don't think you'll ever find a Mahari administrator saying, glad I'm, you know, I'm glad they just named two. I think it was more of a sigh of a relief that at least we survived. So I go back to the kind of the history uh, and what it looked like then, what it must have felt like to have been uh, a 1910 Mahari graduate. You have to just see the pictures of the students that were dressed to the T. They came to school with ties up, you know, around their neck. You're proud. You say, what do I feel from? I feel the pride. As you were saying, there were about seven um, black medical schools at the time. Five of them shut down. What, what do you think it was that kind of set Meharry apart, that it, it did survive? Honestly, I'd never heard of these places until I read of these schools. And I won't, I don't know if they call them, quote, medical schools or clinics or what have you. The description that Flexner provided was pretty startling in terms of, I can see why. When he talks about hygiene and some just having a bowl of water, uh, not ever boiling any of the instruments used and such, you, you, you kind of say, okay, I understand. Uh, at the same time, when he got to Meharry, he was saying at least the doctors there knew hygienic techniques or whatever. But again, remember, Meharry was in such a location in Nashville that was so, no other word, but nasty. I think uh, some of the, we're learning because of experience and we're learning if you boil water, yes, it does decontaminate. So a part of it was where we were located, I think, too. Um, and also the interesting part about the history of Meharry is that um, it was founded really by a Confederate doctor, Dr. Sneed, and a union doctor who came together and talked about the plight of those who were less fortunate. Dr. Hubbard moved to Nashville to go to what is now Vanderbilt under Dr. Sneed saying, go there, I will meet you there and help you. So Dr. Sneed, we have now was on the faculty of early Meharry. Remember, he's a Confederate surgeon. We have Dr. Hubbard, who was on the union side. And honestly, the majority of the fundraisers and such were all white. The doctors who came back to the South, I think, were compassionate to the plight of the Southern population. Uh, why Meharry survived versus the other ones? Probably because these doctors and these uh, people who were uh, fundraisers and what supported Meharry. We would not have made it. Meharry's name for the Meharry brothers who are white and Irish, all right? There's no black lineage to Meharry until you get to the doctors who they educated, okay? So you have to say the school was founded by the goodness of the heart of these people. So why did Harry, uh, Meharry survive? Because it was in a I don't even want to say Nashville was a big city, but it was the beginning of a city in the South. Remember, battles were fought here in the Confederacy. Uh, so, again, I believe because it was one of the larger cities, but at the same time, uh, Memphis had a, a, a hospital that was shut down. So why Meharry? I don't know. God's blessings. Who knows why in Nashville, why, why Meharry was one of the two who uh, made it through Flexner's inspection. I remember when I was talking with Dr. Hildreth, he told me a little bit about like the origin story of Meharry and had, I, I was wondering, it, it just seemed like such an interesting story. Just the, the part about why 
I believe it was an Irish man who. Uh, right. Could you just tell me a little bit about that and why he he was aided by by? Uh, just tell me a little bit about that. I just thought it was fascinating. It's so odd because I don't like to say I try to get factual, you know, the background. So it's it's not a legend. Samuel Mahari. Mahari was pulling a wagon. They say a salt wagon. I say it's a wagon that has salt in it because I don't know what a salt wagon is. But we have, you know, the portrayal is a wagon with salt. Uh, he was in a muddy area. His uh, his uh, buggy wagon broke down. The closest help ended up being uh, a uh, family uh, with definitely a uh, male. And I don't know, when they say family, you don't know if it's male, female, how many people. Anyway, uh, he was assisted uh, by one of the family members, male, and getting his uh, buggy out of the mud. Well, they couldn't do it at night. So the family had him come and stay with them. And the next day they got his, his buggy out and he went on his way. But he told the man, and again, we don't have a name. We have Mahari's name, but we don't have the name of the person, the uh, out of slavery person that he said, uh, I don't have anything now, but someday I'm going to help your people. Sometimes you see it, uh, someday I'm going to help the Negro, someday, I'm, but the point is, uh, eventually, let's fast forward, I'd say 30 years, and uh, he is approached by Hubbard Sneed, these people who are trying to find a way to uh, start a medical institution, and he gives $30,000 back from what it is from back then. Uh, with his, all his family supported it, his three brothers, his father, himself. So it's the Mahari brothers, and they were, uh, again, uh, immigrants, and they kept their word. And that was kind of the first big funds that were given to start what is called, why they call the institution Mahari. Mahari. It's funny because it's Mahari is the college, Mahari Medical College. Hubbard is the hospital named after the first president, Dr. Hubbard, who was there from 1876 all the way to 1921. So it's Hubbard Hospital. Most Nashville's would say, where did, where were you born? They'll say Meharry. No, you were born at Hubbard Hospital. Not Meharry is the medical college. So there is a, it is a distinction there. This is illuminating. This is so great. And I love the, the passionate enthusiasm you have for Meharry. And I love your personal story about, you know, ending up there. That's great. <laughs> it's been a journey and it's, it's, um, we were the COVID site. I, you know, at a time when we could have closed, I did an article called uh, Why Meharry Didn't Close. I actually received flack back from libraries that said, we lobbied for the safety of our community to close. I said, well, I lobbied for the education of our students to stay open. Uh, we were the COVID site for uh, vaccinations and uh, you name it. Uh, down to research. So I think a medical college has a different responsibility than our traditional four-year and graduate program. So uh, yeah, I do have a passion. I always laugh and said, when I came back, I'm a Nashvilleian at heart. I knew I was a Southern girl at heart. I knew I was going to return someday to my roots. Uh, I just never thought it would be at Meharry. Uh, I worked at Tennessee State. Uh, I'm a product of Fisk, and I round the three off now by my last job as Meharry.